This is the Danger Close Podcast. Beyond the Books with me, Jack Carr. Welcome to the Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Six Hour. My guest today is my friend Eli Crane. Eli is a former SEAL who founded Bottle Breacher. You may have seen him on Shark Tank. It's an awesome episode, so check that out if you have not seen that. They started making 50 cal bottle openers right here. So go to bottlebreacher.com. Check these out. These particular ones are on the jackcarusa.com website. So you can check these out there. And also what kitchen is complete without a frag grenade bottle opener? Yep. Bam. Got to have one of these. And uh, Eli's just an awesome guy, SIG ambassador, and he is running for Congress from the state of Arizona. And you can go to eliforarizona.com to check that out. So we recorded this back in January of 2020 at the shot, last SHOT Show where we were all there in person. So uh, enjoy the podcast. And now, without further ado, Eli Crane. Uh, I'm here with Eli Crane. Thank you, brother. What is up, dude? Thank Appreciate you so much it. for being here. Hell yeah. And uh, of course, of Bottle Breacher fame. That's right. Uh, former SEAL and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. I'm so excited to talk to you. And this is another reason why I love podcasts is because it gives us, uh, it forces us to sit down, to turn off our phones yeah. and to just have a conversation. I Something know. we wouldn't pretty, do out there. pretty if rare we nowadays. Talking, exactly. Huh? If we were passing each other on the floor, because we're at SHOT Show 2020, yeah. and if we we're passing each other on the floor, you know, we'd do a little bro hug and say hi and you know, ask a couple questions and then right. look at our phone and someone would be texting and then off we would go. Right. But because of this, we get to take a breath and hang out and talk and probably ask each other questions that we wouldn't just in passing or wouldn't over a beer, um, you know, for grabbing a, grabbing a drink after the show or whatever else. So, Love it. Um, dude, I'm fired up to be here with you. I'm fired up too, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, I guess best place to start would be beginning. Um, why don't we just uh, kick it off a little bit of your, your background and uh, take us up through SEAL teams and uh, a little bit of that, uh, we'll get into that transition. All right, sweet. So uh, for me, I was one of those, uh, one of the uh, young Americans that uh, was do going about my life and then 9-11 happened. I was actually a senior at the University of Arizona okay. studying sociology wow. of all things. Nice. Uh, because Not because I was super interested in society and whatnot, but even I do like that. But I, I more so was a sociology major because it was, I was told it was the easiest major to get my degree so that I could go into the military and possibly have a shot at being an officer and a SEAL and all thing. that at the same time. <laughs> um, and then, so 9-11 happened and then I joined the Navy the next week. Wow. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, I'm, I'm proud of what I did and I'm glad I did it. Look, I, I, I will be introspective and say that, you know, I think uh, I definitely needed more time to mature and that definitely showed up. Mm -hmm. uh, that result, result showed up when I tried to go through SEAL training the first time. Oh, wow. Bud's class 242. Okay. Um, I did not make it through all the way through training. I actually was a post-Hell Week guy. I made it through our hardest part of training. No way. And then uh, I was I was uh, dropped from training a week and a half after Hell Week. And I deserved really? it. You know, and I'm glad. Looking back on it now, I'm so glad that they held the standard. Um, they looked at me. They said, young man, you're tough. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're strong. Obviously, you made it through Hell Week. Um, but we need the best of the best here, and you're not you're not measuring up. You failed no, this, you failed that, and you're ranked in the bottom 25% of your peer evals. And so, wow. um, you know, that was a tough pill for me to swallow. And like a lot of young men and a lot of young women who haven't learned to take accountability yet, I was I was one of those guys that said, "Oh, well, that wasn't fair." 
they should have rolled me back and given me another shot. But as I, as I got away, more away from that situation and grew up and got my man bones, I realized, you know what? You, you got exactly what you deserved. And had you shown up to training, you know, ready to go and, you know, work, work even harder for it, you would probably be a team guy today. And so for me, I went to a ship, the USS Gettysburg, for two and a half years. Wow. What was yeah. your rate? Did you sell rates back I, I was then? a gunner's was... mate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I like to call it a floating prison. Oh but you meet some great dudes in the fleet. There's some phenomenal guys out there. And I really enjoyed that. I grew up. It was a lot of tough love and just... It was a rough life. It really was. Um, and, no you know, way. I got an opportunity. Two deployment with that, with that two ship? Deployments two deployments with that ship. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. And then I got an opportunity to come back um, and class up with Bud's class 256. But to get the opportunity to come back and uh, go through training again, the Navy, in their infinite wisdom, made me sign up for another four years. So I was faced with one of those crucial life decisions yeah. like, hey, I could go back to the hardest military training in the world where my chances still aren't very good. I could get hurt. I could fail something. And if I fail or don't make it, I'm coming right back out to this floating prison, which yep. I hated. So that wow. was one of the most difficult decisions I ever had to make. But I was doing a lot of praying at the time. And I was like, you know, Lord, please put it on my heart, whatever you want me to do, because I, I do not want to try and do things on my own anymore. If this is what you want me to do, open the door. And uh, he gave me the opportunity, and thank God I went through uh, right through with Bud's class two five six and got the opportunity to go to SEAL Team three. No kidding. And you show up as a new guy, so now it's two thousand uh, what four? So two thousand six. Six now. And right after, right after uh, SQT, which is SEAL qualification training, um, I went immediately to SEER school and then immediately to Iraq and. Um, I joined Bravo Platoon at SEAL Team 3 in Rourke, Denver, who was oh, wow. in the you yep. know, Act of Valor and wrote his book, Damn For You. He was my boss. He was my OIC. Okay. And so I uh, got to work for Rourke for about three months. That was a really good experience. Um, and then I came right back, and me and this guy over here, Nate Rose, we got thrown into uh, Delta Platoon under Chris Kyle. Okay. And so we were Chris's new guys, and there were, there were four of us new guys. And Chris, anybody that knew Chris knew he hated new guys. He just, he just, he just felt like it, there was a passage, and it yep. was not gonna be easy, and I'm gonna make you pay for this, and and because that's what happened to him, right? right? And and he was just ornery anyway. But uh, so me and you know me and those new guys, man, we paid the man. You know, we uh, every they carried around a green book um, called the Book of Woe. Oh yeah, we had, a, we had a book green of woe. Notebook sure. called the Book of Woe, yep. and every infraction, everything that we did wrong was jotted down in the book. Yep. And then we ended up paying for it at Kangaroo Court yeah. and beyond. <laughs> Old school. Right. And it was crazy, man. There were like, there, there were rules. Like you had to be within, if, even if you were on your off time, you had to be within any bar in San Diego in like 20 minutes, ready to buy drinks, get choked out yeah. and just, you know, anything uh, they needed, you know? So it was a eye-opening experience because I was married at the time. Oh, wow. I was like the only new guy that was married. And so I'm like, Babe, I know I'm not here a lot, but now I have to go and get choked out and buy a drink. Trust me. And she's like, that makes sense. She's like, yeah. she's like, what? Why would they do that to you? That's <laughs> right. not even. That's not even nice. I mean, and now I'm, I can kind of see your perspective. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, I know it's not nice. This is not a nice <laughs> world. And so, um, but anyway, so did we did that deployment? Um, if for those listening, if you watch the movie uh, American Sniper. Um, it's the fourth deployment in the movie where we ended up going to some of the some of the platoon ended up going to Solder City, and uh, it was some pretty uh, pretty intense stuff there for a little bit. But 
after after leaving Chris Kyle's platoon, um, I went to I stayed in Delta platoon for one more pump, and I went from being one of you know four new guys to we had like eleven new guys, and I wow. was one of the only older guys. So I tried to take the little that I knew and you know give it back to these guys. Um, you have some experience. It's not like the the '90s when you just had a deployment where you went to uh, Thailand or something right. like that. You had combat experience. Right. You're coming back, and now you have something. You have something to offer. Right uh, now, and, and and you guys did another you did another deployment. Yeah, I did. So I went to Fallujah in 2010 for my final deployment, and um, I was kind of bummed because my main goal in the teams was to become a sniper, and I yeah. finally became a sniper. And then in 2010, we were no longer allowed to take our guns out. Really? You know, they were basically like we want to de-escalate this situation and then hand it off to the Iraqis. We we're, we don't want to, anytime you throw snipers into a mix, you're not de-escalating anything. Okay. It's, you know, it's, it's going to get a little rowdy. Um, but, you know, so, but it was cool because on that deployment, I made it, I started, I didn't start making wise decisions until I got older in life. And some would say, Eli, you're still not making wise decisions. But I actually made a pretty wise decision on that deployment. I said, I'm going to re-enlist for four years, even though I know I'm, I'm done deploying. Yeah. Like, I'm done with this whole thing. I just want to give myself time smart. to prepare for the next step. And so Very I got smart. to go to a couple short, short duty commands. Um, I went to the recruiting directorate where we raised awareness around the country because you can't recruit a SEAL. If you have to try and talk a guy into, yeah, hey, you're going to no. come here, you know, oh, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. No, this that guy's going nowhere. He's yep. going to be ringing out quick. Agreed. We actually try and dissuade him, but we tried to raise awareness within a bunch of different communities like water polo communities, swimming communities, wrestling communities, yep. young men that had a tendency to do really well in our training. And so um, I did that job for a while. It was really cool. I actually... One of my favorite things about that um, job was that I was afraid to speak in front of people, yeah. like a lot of people. That's like the number one fear in the, yeah. in, in the world is public speaking. And so I had to learn to speak to people, which was phenomenal. Did you do that course? Did they bring in uh, that Gary, guy? Yeah, Gary. Gary. Yeah, okay. dude. Gary's the man, dude. Yeah, a lot of people have, uh, have gone through. I didn't get to go through any of his training, so I'm just baptism by fire, but people speak so highly of it. Oh, yeah, it's, it, was, it was phenomenal. And so you guys know any SEAL instructor nowadays has to go through a public speaking course before they can ever get up in front of SEALs and teach, which That's I good. think is phenomenal. Yep. Um, and, uh, and so from there, I went to my final stint in the Navy was at VBSS, Trade It, Group 1. And so I was teaching guys how to take down ships. I became like the LPO of VBSS. And weirdly enough, that's what actually did the probably the most preparation for me to run a business because really? you know managing be, people managing so schedules. many people and yeah so many people so many schedule you know so many things that i couldn't control so many variables and it was just like um i was so grateful to get that job because it really made me step up my game to okay. you know stay tight make sure that you know all my x's were, you know were crossed and you know everything was good to go and then also contingency plan hey what happens if this plane doesn't show up that's yeah. supposed to drop these guys you know in the right spot. What happens if this boat engine goes down? What are we, how are we going to flex? How are we going to, how are we going to roll to the next, you know, opportunity? So, um, that was really beneficial to me. And then while I was at that command, I started bottle breacher. Okay. So where is your, where do you first see a bottle breacher? Where did you first see a 50 cal round that was meant to open a beer? Cause, uh, I know where I, where I saw my first, first one, yeah. uh, where did you get the idea or where did you get the, where did you see your first one? Then did it percolate on it for a little bit and, and show up again later as something that yes. you think people might be interested in or how did that work out? Right. So my little brother, uh, one of my heroes, he, a uh, really smart kid, went to the Naval Academy, then went 
to the Marine Corps, ended up flying Cobras and then onto Super Cobras. And now he's a lawyer in uh, New Orleans. But um, he went to the PI, the Philippines, uh, I think it was in 2009. And he saw one at a street vendor had one. He was selling them. And so Gabe brought me back a 50 cal bottle opener. I thought it was one of the coolest gifts I'd ever received. And, I, yeah. Yeah. And so, and all my buddies that would come over to have beers with me, I'd pop that oh, out dude. of the junk drawer. I'd yeah. open their beer and they'd be like, what the hell is that? Where did you get that? And I was yep. like, I don't know. I, well, I got it in the Philippines and they're like, can I buy one? And I was like, I don't know. I've never seen them in the States. And so it was actually maybe a year, year and a half later um, after receiving that gift that I decided, hey, this is really cool. There might be something here. I think we can make this way better than it already is. And yeah. so I started, I came home. I was actually driving home from LA. I just had one of those epiphany moments. Yeah. I get a lot of them while I'm driving, oddly, yeah. oddly enough. And uh, I was like, I came home, you know, said hi to my wife, you know, and, uh, and then I went out to the garage and uh, I uh, took the generic 50 cal bottle opener that my brother gave me from the Philippines. Yeah. I spray painted the thing black and then let it dry, and then I took a Punisher sticker because that was our platoon yep. logo at SEAL Team 3 Delta Platoon, and I put the Punisher sticker on the 50 cal bottle opener. When I took Sweet. it to work the next day with me, guys freaked out. They were That's like, dude, awesome. this is the most badass thing I've ever seen. Yep. I want five of them for every guy in my family for Christmas. Nice. Can you handle that? And I was like, dude, if these guys were, the, in my opinion, the coolest dudes in the world who get stuff handed to them constantly, you know, whether it's your shoes, your jacket, whatever, you want Navy SEALs wearing your stuff, right? and owning your stuff. And so I was like, if these guys are willing to buy them off me, there might be something here. And so that's when the light bulb, okay. entrepreneur light bulb clicked on. And so I started like, I thought, you know what? This is a cool product. If I can figure out how to market it to maybe a farmer or a hunter or yeah. a fireman or a cop, you know? And so I started went, going to work on, you know, you know, really taking them visually to the next level and trying to trying to put something on it that would pull you in to be like, yeah, that's not only cool, but it, you know, it represents what I do and what I'm passionate about. So, you know, we started with stickers okay. of all things. And, and, and that's for those of you out there listening. I mean, you know, it's like some, you know, crawl, rock, walk, run, right? We heard that in the SEAL teams all the time. A lot of times in new product development or in a business, even if it's a service or product driven, a lot of times you just crawl before you walk, before you run. And you don't need, you don't need a million dollars and a, t a staff of 20 people to start something that's going to turn into something. Sometimes, like me, it's with a Dremel tool, you know, a nice. vice in your garage, a yeah. 50 cal, and, you know, maybe some spray paint. And so that's kind of how we started it. And it was funny because my initial goal when we were starting this was $500 supplemental income hey. for a date night or maybe my next six hours. That's right? right. That's right. And so... First month, January 2013, we did 375. I was like, dude, we're almost there. Almost there. We've almost made goal. it. <laughs> and, so, uh, <laughs> and so six months later, we had eclipsed what I ever thought this thing had become. And we were doing like $7,500 a month. Nice. Um, and right at that moment, Jen and I were watching Shark Tank. Yep. That was the, we, we had two small kids. I was a SEAL instructor. Jen had an online business. We would let ourselves watch one show just to kind of decompress because yep. we didn't have a, have a lot of free time. Shark Tank was the show that we would watch. And so I remember watching an episode of Shark Tank and Mr. Wonderful was tearing apart an entrepreneur because yeah. he had no brand recognition on his pack on his uh, on his product. Okay. He had it on the package, but once it left the package, you or uh, I, the consumer, could no longer look at it and be like, what is you know what this? Is. is this a bottle breacher? Is right. this a Sig Sauer? Is this Nike? What is right. it? And so I remember him tearing that entrepreneur up. The guy didn't get a deal, even though he had really good sales. And I looked at Jen and I was like, babe, we got to figure out how to get Sig or I'm sorry, Bottle Breacher on every single unit leaving the garage. Yeah. 
And so I started doing research, led me to laser engraving. And, you know, I went, and this is another, this is another kind of big life decision that I, that I made. Um, I, I had enough, uh, I had enough in savings where I could have gone and bought a used engraver, yep. but I didn't want to risk my family's nest egg on an unknown, uh, something yeah. that I'd hadn't tested. I didn't know if I could even operate it because right. I'm a caveman, right? <laughs> I get it. And so um, what I did was I, uh, I sold my chopper. I had a 2004 Big Dog K9 chopper, just some badass bike. Something awesome. I could see Jack Carr maybe ro- cruising around on in your next book. So did you use a reenlistment bonus for that like, uh, I, did. like I did? Yes, sir, I did. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. <laughs> the fat boy. You're 2003 right. fat boy, I think it was. There yeah. you go. So what I did was I sold the bike and I bought the laser engraver. So nice. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad would say I... I uh, sold a liability and I bought an asset. And that's a great little nugget for those of you entrepreneurial minded listening to Jack Carr's podcast. And so within six- depreciating asset too. Right, right. Within a month and a half, our sales went from $7,500 a month to $24,000 a month. So awesome. Within a month and a half. And it was just like, boom, it just blew up. And at that point, I knew that this was not only going to be um, just, you know, supplemental income or, you know, exceed my expectation, but this was going to be how I was going to provide for my family when I got out of the Navy. And so fast forward a year later, we were doing $80,000 a month out of that one car garage. And that, you know, it was just like every, all my friends were trying to get in on it. Hey man, I want to, I want to be an investor. I want, and I knew that I was at the cusp of something magical, but like, I was working the craziest hours, man. You know, I had the Navy job as an instructor. I had two little kids under like, you know, five years old. And then I had, you know, I would work until one, two, three in the morning doing production. And then I would go and repeat the cycle. There were no days off, you know, um, no vacations. And it was just like intense focus, you know, for a, you know, a period of time to get this thing up and running. And, um, that's right about the time that um, I went and applied for Shark Tank. You just got online and, and looked, or they so had the, that the first time I thing? did the first time I did it. Uh, the first time I applied was via online, okay. and I didn't hear anything back. I sent in a cool email, yeah, and then I. One of my mentors was talking to me, and I said, "Mike, I know that if I got this damn product on Shark Tank, we would crush it." And he was like, "Well, he started. He got on his computer, started you know looking stuff up. He's like, Eli, you know that there's an." I lived in San Diego at the time. He was in LA. He said, do you know that there's an open casting call a few minutes from your house two months from now for Shark Tank? And I was like, no way. He's like, you got to be at that. And so sure enough, you know, I showed up at like, you know, 12 at, you know, 12 midnight with a box full of bottle breachers ready to pitch. First 500 people got guaranteed to pitch to a casting member. Wow. And so um, really I was one of the cast members. Yes. I no was way. number like, I don't know, 125 or something. And so, but, who'd you have? Uh, Mindy. Okay. You know Mindy? Uh, which one is which one's Mindy? Uh, she's a pretty blonde lady, and she's just really sweet. What's but, her business? What's her What's her background? Oh, she's a cat. She was just a she was a casting. So I'm not talking about Lori Grenier. Okay, got it. Okay. I'm talking about the Shark Tank casting. Members. Oh, okay, got it. So they they just they're the ones that actually hear the pitches and then you know see who goes on the show because they get okay. forty thousand pitches a year. So you got there's a wow. vetting process, right? Forty thousand. And so, um, and it was funny because they told us, hey, man, uh, only about 7% of the people you see on TV come from these open casting, you know, um, you know, things. So where are the rest coming from? Uh, a lot of them come from online, I think, okay. if they, you know, get through the cracks. Um, and so I, I wasn't expecting too much, but I finally got to speak to an open casting, uh, uh, open casting call member. And, uh, they said, Hey, if, if you hear from us, it won't be for two weeks. So don't call us. We'll call you type. Okay. Of. And that was on a Saturday afternoon. 
I pitched to her. I had a, a picture of Clint Eastwood with his bottle breacher because he had worked on the movie uh, American Sniper and Kevin Lace. Who you gave the, one the, him as a gift? So Kevin played himself in the movie. Yeah. He was also a consultant. And Kevin asked me if I would make bottle breachers for the whole cast. Dude. And I was like, oh, hell yes, I will. Awesome. I'd be honored. And so got to do that. And Kevin did me a solid. He took a picture of him and Clint with the bottle breach. So I took that to the open casting call. I was like, hey, look at Clint's face. Does Clint look happy? That's yeah, he's awesome. a, And she's like, oh, my God, he does look happy. Dude. And I said, well, on top of that, here, here, here are these products. And you've seen them. They're just, they're beautiful, right? Awesome. But I said, on top of that, what would you, what would you say if I told you we've sold $80,000 of this product this month out of a one-car garage about 10 miles from here? And she's like, no way. And I, so I pulled up my Etsy app, and I showed her the sales, and I showed her how many units we'd sold, you know, what the profit was, all of it. And I'm like, you know, that based with the, with the story, the, the backstory. Yeah. And, you know, it's like they, they, I had an email in my inbox like 7.30 Monday morning. Hey, you're moving on to the next round. And then it just kept going from there. Then they assigned producers to you yeah. and so on and so forth. And four months later, right as I'm getting out, I was still on, I was still on, um, I was still on what did that terminal leave. leave. Yeah. yeah. Terminal, terminal list, terminal yeah, leave. That's it. I was still on terminal leave while I was pitching to the Sharks. Of course, I didn't tell the Navy. Right. You know, don't tell anybody now. Seriously. But, yeah, but yeah cuz they would they would have never probably exactly. let me go on on the show. And so uh, I had a month left on my contract. I was I, so I wasn't working. Terminal leave means you've saved up enough leave to where you're no longer working for you're the Navy. But you're still getting a paycheck basically. Yeah. Severance pay almost. Right. And so and so um I got the opportunity to pitch on Shark Tank. It went really well. We got to deal with Mark Cuban and Kevin O'Leary. So this is where I this is where where I I think become aware of you, I think. Right, right. Uh, and what year is this? This would be 2014, October. 2014, okay. Yeah. And uh, sorry. I, forget, so I forget if I saw it, uh, a bottle breacher first in that store. Wait, we come on base there in T3? Yes, and we had him in, had there. in there. Or yeah. if it was the Shark Tank first, and then I saw it in the store. I forget, but right around that same time, I saw them in the store and on, on Shark Tank. Somebody called me and said, hey, there's a steal that's going to be on Shark Tank. Yeah. Uh, there's a military thing. I'm like, oh, really? What's he doing? And uh, they do 50 cal bottle things. And I'm like, dang it, because I had one right there in my kitchen right. from the PI. <laughs> Why didn't I think from. of that? Exactly. And it was, uh, one of, I got it from one of the SF guys I was working with. He gave yeah. it to me as a gift um, yeah. and had one of the, uh, the Philippine Marine SEALs that we were working with make it. Yeah. And then he got it and he gave it to me. And I uh, still have it to this day. It's in my, in my junk drawer. It doesn't That's work nearly school. as well as yours. You know, it's, it's <laughs> probably uh, works it's, better. But it's sweet. No, 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 yours worked. Yours worked great. This thing, you got to kind of move it around a little bit, you know, right, right. it's handmade in the jungle. Right. Um, but uh, no, yours works. Awesome. But uh, so I had that. Someone tells me Seal's going to be on Shark Tank. And I love Shark Tank probably because uh, I'm not good at that sort of thing. Like I would be awful on Shark Tank. Like I, not my, not my thing. Really? Yeah. Not, not, that not kind good. of surprises me. Not good at all. I like more, uh, I love, I love the writing stuff, thinking about it behind the scenes, that sort of thing. Right, but right. as soon as you start throwing some math questions at me, right. I'd be like, oh, I, I don't know. You I don't know. black out yeah, like exactly. Will Ferrell yeah, exactly. in old school. Except not be able to uh, right. actually articulate what he did on the stage. <laughs> right, right. Like that. <laughs> uh, it would just be, it'd be awful. But uh, I saw you do that. I was like, dude, this is awesome. Yeah. One, you crushed it yeah. on Thank there. You. It was so cool. Jen did so awesome. I like, know. She was great, and uh, you guys were a great team. They loved you, and then you get the, the deal. And was it two of them, or was it just Yeah, one? so Mark Cuban and Kevin O'Leary both okay. invested. They both still own 10% of the company to this day. Dude, that's perfect. Yeah. That is so amazing. And then uh, and it's and funny. It was funny, Jack, because you, you'll appreciate this. I went in there. We'd learned in the SEAL teams that one is none, two is one, and redundancy is everything. So I wanted two sharks, not just one, but two. That's and so awesome. we were targeting Mark Cuban and anybody that we thought would be interested in add value. And I never thought Kevin O'Leary would be interested in it. I thought, you know, he was going to tear us up like you see him do to everybody. Yeah. 
say, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I want to take it behind the barn and he shoot loved it. it. He loved yeah. it. Not only did he love it, he made the first offer. And that was the only thing that, you know, admittedly, I didn't contingency plan for. Was Kevin making an offer. And so Because you were up there, and I remember you're like, uh, uh, what, is anybody what, else? I'd what, like to give somebody what, else an opportunity or what something you, like what that. What just right? happened, right? Yeah, yeah you're like, I'd like to give any other sharks <laughs> an opportunity. And some <laughs> of them like laugh. They're like, what? Like, right, like right. who's this guy right. giving us another opportunity with him after That's he's right. got a deal already? Right. So that was that was awesome. It was a little different than uh, what anybody else did That's on the right. show. That's right. Sometimes you got to push it a little bit. You know, see what see what you can get see what you can get out of it. Yeah. You know? And so. But it was a phenomenal experience. Then we've got to do a couple updates, which is always awesome. And uh, we've actually, as of last year. Uh, I saw the stats last year. They, there was an article on like CBS or something.com. It said we were the 16th best-selling Shark Tank company of all time. And no kidding. We've done over 20 million in sales. And, wow. you know, it's just, it's a blessing to me because um, I never, in, in my wildest dream, I never really would have thought that it would go that way. But you know how you always, you're always goal setting. I remember telling my wife when we were still in the garage before Shark Tank, before anything, I was like, you know, that would be my top, like that was my top goal to build like a $20 million comp, you know, in sales, yeah. a product that sold that much. Well, at out. first it was $500. Right. And, and then, then top level, because you know how you have like the low level, you have the the medi- medium level. And then, hey, if this thing just went gangbusters, 20 million, if we hit $20 million, man, I'll be, I'll will consider this a phenomenal success. And so we've hit it. Um, I, and I'll be honest with you, you know, just because we've been successful that, or you get on the show does not mean you're going to be continue to be successful. Yeah. We've actually, we've actually seen a decline because a lot of these companies in here saw saw how you know how successful it was, and then they came in and started flooding the market with knockoffs and you know. But really? that's just it's part of the game, and you got to yeah. you got to play it. And you know if you can't come out if you can't innovate and come out with the next thing, you're not going to be around long. And so, yeah. you know, it's 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 like a lot of things, but it's been challenging. And not only have I got to provide for my family, but I've also got to look back and help other veterans that are coming behind me that want want to do something different yeah. and, and want, to, want to work for themselves and also, you know, really push the envelope and be challenged and just give them the little that I know. And it's it's been so cool for me. And it's also turned into being able to work with Sig Sauer and just so many awesome things. Yeah. No, I see you get, you get out there and you do, you speak and you do all the, and talk about your journey right. and, uh, and all that sort of thing, which is awesome. Get right. out there and do that. You do a great job at it. And then how did the SIG partnership work out? Uh, obviously we carried SIGs in the teams and right. that's why I made it into my novels. And I'm very uh, partial to SIG because a 226 was on, on my side through every single deployment. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I always have a soft spot in my heart for, for that pistol. Yeah. But, uh, how did this partnership uh, evolve for you? No, it's a great question. And I should probably say that we're in the SIG Sauer booth at SHOT Show 2020. No right big now. deal. Yep. No big deal. So awesome. And everybody here, I mean, you and I have talked about this before, but what an amazing company with such great people. That's involved. the best part about it. And I mean, you know, this could, they could have the coolest weapons in the world. They could have, they could have the best sales in the world. But, you know, what really makes this company what it is, is the people. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to, I just got to interview Daniel Horner, Max Michelle, and so Lena, awesome. you yep. know, of Team SIG, the best shooters in the world yep. that are all here at, at, at SIG Sauer. And I, I told Max the other day, I, I said, I was so surprised after meeting the three of you that not one of you was arrogant. So humble. You guys are so humble. And, and I, I'm like, man, that really surprised me. And, you, you know, Mac, Max told me, he said, you know what? I don't think Ron Cohen or Tom Taylor would have ever let that happen. Yeah, and because for them, it's so it's not it's not always it's not all about wins, man. It's about humbleness, professionalism and just, you know, treating people the way you want to be treated. And when you get a hang out in the SIG, you know, ecosystem, you start to see that really 
really quickly because you know you start you start treating people with disrespect, you're not going to be around this company long. And that's something I love about this oh, company. Oh, yeah. I know, and it's evident right off the bat. First, from the outside looking in, you're seeing who, who's innovating in this space and who's right. leading in this right. space. Well, you know what? This company is oh, doing it. hands down. Uh, and then you go to the factory floor and you see that person on the factory floor and then you see the people in the middle and then you see at the top, you see Ron at the top and everybody in between and everybody is humble. Everybody is fired up. And you can feel it as you're walking that around. That factory that floor building, looks more cool like a medical facility it's doesn't crazy. it crazy it is insane i go back to there. bottle breach oh. and i'm like man <laughs> <laughs> we, we got some real work to do <laughs> it's pretty serious on that floor but everybody's fired up everybody's yeah. so happy to be there and be part of this team to be innovating to be leading and uh yeah we've both gotten to shoot on the range with these guys and shoot with the best in the world out there right. and they're so cool they are they're so cool and uh you know i need to tune up i haven't been on the range that i've been riding a ton yeah uh, not really in the gym not really on the on the gun that much like i like i was previously but uh getting on the range and getting a tune up from the best in the world is amazing but you're right so humble so humble. let me talk let me talk oh. if you don't mind let me let me hijack for a second because uh so i got i haven't read fiction in probably 20 years i just turned 40 this year so yeah that's about now maybe even longer <laughs> than that maybe 25 years you get so old you forget i know <laughs> but so i i hadn't read uh, fiction since the Tom Clancy days. And that was like the only, like my parents, you know, I was one of those kids that struggled in school, not because I was stupid, but because I didn't really care. Yeah. No, you know, I, I struggled to figure how this would apply to me, but like the only books I would read were like Clancy books. Right. Cool. And so that's, you know, I, I really, really fell in love with your books because they reminded me of Clancy. And like, I, I really feel like you're going to be the next Tom Clancy only a lot slimmer and with, with, <laughs> well, real, with real experience. And so for those, I mean, for those of you guys out there that haven't read these and I'm sure most of your folks have, but oh my goodness, man, I'm, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the next one. Dude, I'm fired up to get the next one out there. It's one I've wanted to write since sixth grade when okay. I first read the most dangerous game by Richard Connell, which was written in 1924. It's a short story wow. that uh, is really about hunter versus hunted. And uh, this third one, uh, I was on the table when I came up with the, these five or six different ideas for the first novel. And this was one of those ideas, but I knew that the characters weren't developed enough yeah. to, uh, to kick it off right. with this one. So Savage Sun, book number three, it pays tribute to that, really that classic tale of Hunter vs. Hunted and really explores the dark side of man through the eyes of the characters that have been developed in the first two novels. So I'm fired up to get it out there. And then, uh, yeah, working on four. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of top secret, but uh, <laughs> movie anyway. stuff is, uh, is looking good. But, uh, you know, you got to keep your expectations low on that stuff so if it doesn't happen it's uh right. it's okay right. um but it's looking looking pretty good so far and it's cool to be part of that process and we learned a lot about expectation management in the teams didn't we i oh, mean yeah. you know murphy's law every time you go out the door it's never going to be in the that the target's never going to be in the house you thought it was going to be yeah. comms aren't going to work some one one car is going to have a blowout you know something's always going to go wrong and i think that's one of the things i'm most grateful for from my experience in the teams is just figuring out how to problem solve and read and react off of what is in front of me sure. not what the plan was right planning is great and it you, you you need a plan but you need a contingency plan more yep. you know and so um yeah if you need that with a business you need that in life you need that as you transition from the military and right. uh, i know you get a lot of questions about that from uh, veterans or guys that are getting ready to get out and, and uh want to pick your brain a little bit on that or ask for some advice but uh you know, for me, it's, yeah, you have to have those contingency plans, but, uh, you know, if you also got to identify that next mission in life, that next purpose, that next passion, right. and, uh, and not live 
back here in the past. Right. Uh, all that stuff can help you as you go forward, makes you, hopefully makes you a better husband, better father, better citizen as you move forward. But uh, it's important not to live back there. Yeah. Uh, use that as your foundation as you continue to build, as you continue to move forward, as you continue to fall and get back up stronger and right. move forward as a good example for your kids and everybody else. So, you know, I find that's one of the biggest problems with a lot of the vets that I meet is that their identity is from the past and they don't want to let go of it. Right. Like I was, I'm a Navy SEAL, that's, but you're no longer a Navy SEAL. Exactly. So what's the, what's next? You're yep. no longer, you're, and I know Marines love to say once a Marine, always a Marine, but it's like, you've got to move past what you did, you know, in the, in the infantry, you got to turn the page. Yes, please do it. Apply what you learned there. Be proud of it. Cause damn it, you deserve it. But at the same time, you know, it's like, I, I always tell people, I know, ne I never want to place my identity in something that can be taken from me. And that's why my faith is so important to me. Cause yeah. that's something that nobody, no, no matter how bad I ever screw it up and I'm, by God, I'm good at screwing up a lot of things. You know, it's like, that's something that, you know, my faith in my relationship in Christ is something that can never be taken from me. You know, and I just, I, I know it's not cool or popular to talk about it, but I do want to talk about it because I know there's a lot of people out there hurting and struggling. Yeah. And I know that a lot of them are looking in the wrong place. Yeah. They're looking for, they're, they're, they're looking for it in what the world tells them mm -hmm. where they can find it. And that's in money and fame and success. And I know that you know this better than anybody because you got it all and you, you deserve every damn bit of it, but you know, deep down that it doesn't fulfill you. You know, and so um, it, it, it's something that I really like to just have courage with and incorporate because I know there's a lot of people out there hurting and uh, I, I encourage you to look in a different area. I hear you. And it's uh, and today there's so many uh, like, let's say, let's take it back 30, 40 years. There weren't all those inputs. Yeah. You know, OK, there's TV, there's newspapers, there's magazines. Uh, but then this thing comes along called the Internet and then yeah. something comes along called social media. Yeah. And then you're buried in your phone, inundated. Yeah. 24 seven with right. all these different templates that might not be the most healthy ones. Right. Uh, and then you're making decisions based on somebody else's 220 word tweet that they probably got from somebody else right. uh, that that person did not put the requisite time into right. studying uh, and sort of learning their history, thinking it through. And uh, so that's it. It's an interesting time uh, for sure. So taking a breath, being grounded in faith, and uh, having that foundation from which to move forward right. uh, and something that, that will uh, give you the courage to get back up when you get knocked down because you're going to get knocked down. Yeah. Don't expect not to. Right. Don't right. expect not to take that hit. Right. You're going to get hit. Yeah. Um, that's why with my kids, I think it's great, you know, fail and get back up because don't be scared of it. Oh, it's all goodness. right. It's so know? funny you said that because my, my oldest daughter, like she's, uh, she's going into middle school now, which was a very tough period of my life. Uh, but she'll come home and it's funny because like, you know, if she comes to me and said, dad, you know, I'm struggling with this. I had a, and I, I'll, you know, I try and put on the love gloves, but at the same time, I'll be like, good, you know, and, 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 and I, I try and break it down for her lovingly, lovingly and be like, babe, I'm glad you're struggling now because you'll never be ready for the real world. If you don't learn how to fight through it, yeah. you don't learn how to, you know, you know, you don't learn how to get back up tomorrow and try and make it a better day. And I think so much of the time, you know, it's like, as I think as human beings, we often, we want the easy path. We don't want to struggle, you know, and I'm, I'm as guilty of it as the next guy, but you know, um, I think there's so much to be said for those people that aren't afraid of failure. They're not afraid of struggle and they actually understand and appreciate what comes on the backside of struggle and adversity. 
And that's, you know, according to James 1, 2, that's mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. So, um, yeah, man, I look back on a lot of the failure that I've had, not only failing out of buds the first time, the first investor I sat down with at Bottle Breacher, you know, he passed on, you know, and I thought, oh, my God, you know, and, um, you know, so I failed out of sniper school the first time. I was fired from Baskin Robbins and Dairy Queen in the same year. Wow. Wow. Can you top that? No. Okay. Yeah. Most people can't. You know, I, <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at failing stuff. So, but at the end of the day, I look at, you know, I look at how I look at those failures for the blessing that they are. And they right. woke me up and they made me realize that, hey, man, you're not just going to coast through life. You're not just going to be able to do whatever you want if you want to get where you want to go. Oh, you're going to have to apply yourself. You're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to put others before yourself. Uh, and you're going to have to put in the work, put the blood, the sweat, and tears, you know? And so, um, I see it as just a, a blessing. And I think that, I think if more of us did a better job teaching that to our kids, how yeah. important that adversity and struggle really is and persevering through that, I think we'd have a much better society. No, absolutely. And knowing that it's going to be part of your journey, don't right. expect it not to happen. Right. Don't expect to go through unscathed, right? You know, you're going to get those scars and you're going to get knocked down. You're going to get hit. And it's all about right. your character is all about how you get back up and move forward. Right. And as a good example to your, to your kids and everybody else, they can see that. Like, look at this guy. He got knocked down. Look what he got back up and he kept moving forward. And now yeah. look like you're going to get knocked down. Don't expect not to. Don't let it be a surprise. Right. When right. You get knocked down. So that's my whole thing with the kids. And for today, and don't let these kids get to be 25, 26, 27, and then that's the first time they get knocked down. Right. That's yeah. Awful. Let let them. Yeah. Let them. Let them. Let them walk through it a little bit. Uh -huh. Don't don't do their homework for yeah. them. You know, gotta like scrape some knees. Got to scrape some elbows. Don't do the science project for them. You know, let them let them struggle. Let yeah. you know. Let encourage encourage it. And then when they come back and they're disappointed and they're frustrated, it's like you know, walk them through why this is such an important part of it and and why that you know why that. In, in James 1, 2, my, one of my favorite scriptures, it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, for it's a testing of your faith that breeds perseverance. Let perseverance continue so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. So it wow. actually says in that scripture, consider it pure joy. I'm Love not it. there yet. I'm not <laughs> like, pure I'm joy not, oh, it's so joyful no. that I'm falling <laughs> on my face and I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm failing. But I have gotten to the point in my life where I, I can at least see it in the moment for what it is and be like, you know what, this is probably going to build a better better Eli. Yeah. This is probably going to make me a better man, better husband, maybe a better business owner, whatever it is. And, and, and just, you know, appreciate it because honestly, Jack, when I, I, I walk around and I know you do too, you run into so many of your friends and just yeah. people maybe you look up to or industry experts out here. And I guarantee you the most successful ones out here have walked through the most stuff. It's yeah. always the same case, man. You know, you never meet somebody at the top of the ladder that just, you know, had this hunky dory life all the yeah. time. You know, it's just, and I know we like to front and act like that. That's how it is. Oh, how's it going, Jack? Oh, great. it's awesome. great, man. It's going yep. fancy, but it's, you know, it's not how it works. And, and, you know, if you, if you want to get where you're going, you know, uh, consider pure joy when you yeah. face trials of many kinds. And you know why it's going great? Because we're looking forward. Right. Uh, we're not looking back. Or, yeah, we're using that. We're adapting. And right. we're using that uh, those lessons learned to do it better going forward. Right. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. So that's uh, it's about getting back up and, and continuing on that path. And Hell yeah. And never, never stand down. You know, I love that that line. I feel like I was a child of the '80s, so I kind of feel like I was uh, almost raised by uh, like Chuck Norris and <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. But uh, you know, in that latest in one of the latest uh, Rockies, you know, he tells his son, he's like, "Hey, it, life's not about how hard you can hit; it's about how hard, hard you can get hit mm. and keep moving it forward." It is though. It is though, isn't it? 
That's about, that's all it it's is, about. And, and I wanted to thank you also uh, for being so awesome with uh, the Bottle Breacher stuff we did together. Yeah. Uh, I know it's a small run of stuff for, for you, but to take so much care, uh, energy, effort, time to make those things perfect. And what we did is we, uh, we did a, uh, a Jack Carr line of uh, Bottle Breachers yeah. and put them on the site and all the profits went to uh, veteran, five different veteran focused foundations um, that had personal meaning to me and my family. So um, that was awesome. Those things just, they sold right out. Everybody loves them and uh, just so cool. And I sincerely appreciate all the time you took to make those just perfect. And Dude, uh, we'll do it, it was again. An, it was an honor, man. Every time we get an opportunity to make like a, you know, special edition, you know, it's it just really cool to me that people would actually consider our product in the running for something like that. Like Bill Belichick ordered some for his Super Bowl nice. team in That's 2014. Awesome. He gave one to, you know, everybody that he felt like it was a part of the journey, you know, and it's just so cool every time we get to do something like that, man, it just, you know, means the world to me. Plus, I feel like I got to meet old Jack Carr before you, you became too big to even talk to. <laughs> stop so, it. Yeah. I mean, just I think once it. these movies hit, dude, it's going to be like, hey, what? Oh yeah, Jack's down there in the limo, dude. You're like, Jack, Jack, Never. hey, what's up, buddy? I feel like I've been the same since I was born. You know, yeah. like I feel like <laughs> Well, the coolest guys in the world have. I mean, they're just like, you know, it's like, you know, same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. It's just like, hey, you know, if you let this stuff go to your head, you're 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 actually headed in the wrong direction. And you're 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 bound for a fall, man. I think you so. know, and it's like, and that's that's one, another reason I love working with Sig because humility is like it's you know, it's, it's a prerequisite here, you know, and if, if the moment you get, you know, start getting too big for your britches, you know, you know, uh, it's not going to go well for you Yeah. in no. life at SIG, you know, across the board with these books. And, you know, I, I know, I'm, I know I'm not going to see that. I know I'm going to see another great book though, that I'm going to read in like a week and a half, which Appreciate is fast it, for me. Appreciate you know? it. Yeah. And if we know what we need to do, we need to get on the range together. Uh, we sick. missed each other by when we saw each other, but we didn't get to get on the range together at SIG this last year. So uh, we got to make it happen at some point in the next uh, next year or yeah, two we, for sure. Yeah, we uh, got to do uh, Camp Legion that's together. Right. That was awesome. That was right. That's right. I came in uh, just be like a couple of days before it actually kicked off and yep. uh, spent some time on the range with these guys, which was incredible. Uh, shooting with the best in the world. It's, uh, it's humbling and yeah. it's just such a blast and amazing. And then, uh, then they kicked off Camp Legion, which was an incredible experience for people. Right. Like where else, who else is doing something like that? Nobody. Yeah. It's incredible. Not, not even surprised though. Yeah. And, and, and they crushed it. I mean, no. they filled that thing up and, and, uh, gave people an amazing experience. Sig was all in. Oh yeah. The top down. The, from the just, catering, the food to Ron Cohen, the CEO spending, you know, 30 minutes, yeah. a group, just answering questions, talking about the vision for the company, you getting to tour the factory, go to SIG Academy for a couple of days and shoot with some of the best shooters in the world. Even team SIG, the best shooters in the world were out there instructing yeah. on the line. So uh, if all your listeners, if you guys get a chance to go to a, you know, a, uh, uh, yeah. one of these events, oh my goodness, Camp Legion, please, you know, Take, take a shot. You know, yeah. they sell out quick. I know the last one sold out in like 24 hours. So yeah, it was crazy. you got to snatch it up fast. And everybody but. was so great. Like we went to that dinner and everybody was there yep. and, you know, Ron introduced it. Matt was there. It was my uh, command master chief at SEAL Team 2, the best master chief I had while I was in the SEAL teams. Guy's um, awesome. Yeah. And, and such an inspiration to, uh, to <laughs> I me. Was, and, I was telling him, I was telling him because I got to interview Tom and him a few minutes ago and I was, uh, every time I'm around the master chief, I'm like, oh man, is right. my shirt okay? I dude? know. Like big line. My, side, my yeah. sideburns are a little bit, is this guy going to yell at me? Yep. No, he's always looking at my sideburns i always i like to push the limits on that sort of thing you know i, know. I was always letting the hair grow a little long sideburns just like to make them look that's I right i always wanted to make them like look like uh, just right. to that level where they couldn't say anything like right. that was kind of my 
But it's little victories. Like in serious school, you got to have those little victories. <laughs> that's you know? right. Maybe a little juvenile, but you know, that's, uh, that's how it goes, especially right. when I was uh, part of the E5 Mafia. And I guess it didn't really change. I did it as an officer as well. But, uh, right. but yeah, let's get on the, let's get on the, the range together and, okay. uh, and, and knock some targets down. Love to, man. And use some of this new stuff. And I know you were talking about the, uh, the new bolt action that they have out. <sighs> I cannot cross. wait to check that out. Yes. Um, I'm going to have to get my hands on that, I think. Um, and maybe incorporate it into a book. We'll see, but uh, that thing looks awesome. That'd be sick, man. Jack Carr cruising around. 6.5 pounds, fits in your backpack. Nice. New round, like the 277 Fury. It's like the civilian version of the 6.8. So okay. you got the 6.5 platform that yeah. full, buttstock folds. You can easily fit it in your pack. And then, like, you have a round that's, you know, better than any of the 308 stuff. You know, I, pro you know, I think, I mean, just phenomenal ballistics on this thing and it, yeah. i think it's going to not only do well in the military but i think it's going to do well for hunters and guys that just like to go out and shoot still at five six seven yeah. eight hundred yards so going to be a phenomenal gun yeah that's awesome i'm gonna go take a look at it when the, when the crowds thin out down there I know a little it. bit and then uh so where can everybody uh find you because i know you got out you're gonna interview who are you gonna interview next so i'm i got the, the ceo of sig coming up here in uh 15 minutes Who's ron, an amazing guy ron cohen the who ceo i hope writes a book one day about his life journey and right. uh, whatever he wants to do like that. I would follow that guy anywhere. I know it. Amazing I mean, guy. Just, just phenomenal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, people can follow me, uh, Eli Crane, CEO yeah. on, on Instagram. They can follow me, Eli Crane on Facebook. Uh, if they want to follow the company, they can follow Bottle Breacher. But, and I also do some, uh, I also do some commentary for some uh, political thought leaders as well. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And easy to put in the, uh, the search bar, Bottle Breacher, you pop right up. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. You, yeah, everybody needs more than one. That's, that's right, that. dude. Yeah. <laughs> two, two is one, at the very least. That's right. If you have more than room in the house that has beers in it, you may need, <laughs> you need a few. That's right. But, uh, dude, thank you so much for uh, taking the time today. Yeah. I sincerely appreciate it. And it's uh, it's exactly what we said in the beginning. We got to sit down and that's talk. Right. And uh, right. I got to ask you questions that uh, we'd never ask each other if we were just in passing or even it's over true. a beer. So, that's true, man. Uh, so that's thank you, sweet. brother. Hey, appreciate it. Take care. Keep crushing it. And uh, sincerely, thank you for, uh, for all your support. It means, uh, means a ton to me. Thank you, man. So take care. Thank you for tuning into the Danger Close podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Six Hour. Find out more about Eli Crane at Eli4Arizona.com. Follow him on Instagram at Eli Crane. That's C-R-A-N-E underscore C-E-O. Follow Bottle Breacher on Instagram as well. You can find me, officialjackcar.com. You can link to the merch there, Jack Car USA, to include the Bottle Breacher merchandise as well. My latest novel, In the Blood, comes out May of 2022 and is available for pre-order now. So if you haven't done so, pre-order. It helps so much, and I sincerely appreciate it. Until the next time, take care, stay safe, be strong, keep fighting. In case you missed it, on a recent episode of Danger Close, an Ironclad original, Jack Carr sat down with former presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Set aside all the labels, mm. you know, oh, well, because I've been getting asked this a lot, like, well, are you left or are you right? Are you progressive or are you conservative? What are box you... do you fit in? Which exactly, box do you check? Completely. Are you an enemy or <laughs> right, right. An How, Like, what filter should I use when I'm looking at you? And, like, I've always been an independent-minded person. Mm. Always. Be sure to check out the full interview wherever you get your podcasts.